0: This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is a disclaimer. If, if you're listening to this episode, you should be prepared to be scared. If you hear a segment called Fearful Moment, you are going to be scared and it's not our fault. And you can't hold us liable and you can't sue us. They're not just super. They're not just special. They're not just super. They're not just special. They're the super specials.
1: Tanner. Jack. The last Super Special. What? <laughs> super Babies, we said that before, but then we had a recording problem.
2: So <laughs> that's why. I can't believe it's the last one. <laughs> that was a retake. Good job. I'm totally unprepared for this news. <laughs> yeah. What will I do? I don't know, man. We've, what will we do? Should have planned it out. But what a good one to end on. It was good. Golly, it was good. The last couple have been real scorchers. It's crazy that Anne just cut Pete off in his prime, just as he perfected this art form. God, he did so much good character work this week. Mr. D. Mr. D. Michel Dubula.
1: Dubula. Louis Anderson.
2: Michel Dubula. Tanner,
1: Tanner, Tanner, let's say
2: crocabunga to one another. Uh... Like, gentlemen? Crocabunga. Crocabunga to you as well, sir. A very crocabunga evening to you, Jack. Good. Uh, Good. Now, let's
1: say your names.
2: Tanner. Jack.
1: And what do we do here? We read the super specials by... Oh, what are we?
2: Men. <laughs> okay. Right? Is sure?
1: that what you <laughs> No. <laughs> Hi, hi, and welcome. Wait, no, Crocabunga, Crocabunga, and, and welcome to the Babysitters Club. Club, no, nope. super, Crocabunga, and welcome, baby, super babies. I'm sorry, we're super, just, we're giddy about how good this book was. Uh, crocabunga,
2: and welcome to the Babysitters, and club. we're on the precipice of oblivion. Yeah, we will disappear behind us. Is every Babysitter's Club book and every super special. And before us is... Nothing. Inky blackness. A void. And we're there. We're standing on the edge.
0: There's
1: hot
2: blood coursing through our veins. Don't
1: do Alex Jones. Let's take this seriously. Crocabunga to you, sir. Crocabunga. And welcome to the Babysitter's Club... Super. Club. A podcast
2: where we discuss... Damn it. I'm letting you go. I'm letting it go. You said discru- discrust Yeah. yeah. And well, that's we... funny and I want to comment on it but I'm not I'm letting it go because we're You appreciate it the gravity of this situation where we yes. discuss
1: the great super specials in the super special series of super special books. by Our angel the, you were going to interrupt me? You know that I have a ton of these to get through, don't you? Our
0: angel. Okay, that's not. Our angel. Okay, okay, let it
1: out. Good. Our angel, the lost grandmother, the backstage babysitter, the tender shepherd, the little night owl, the ocean princess, the screaming mirror, the space mountain known as snow mommy. She is the fast-fingered swordman, the condor in the squall. Ghost Eyes, and Mystery Mine. Say Dahi, the Ship Rock Pinnacle, and the Knife Martin, Frugal Master.
2: Great ear. Perfect hands. Good thing it's the end of this book series, huh?
1: Well, we've still got one more. This week, we are reading the final super special babysitter's club super special number 15 babysitter's european vacation it was very
2: very good good book i enjoyed it very much i liked reading it and i'm gonna enjoy discussing it oh me too we've got a lot to get through should we just bang it's also out? been a little while since we've done one of these damn things yeah huh? yeah, yeah yeah we did a Last live week we show had the live show yeah which you probably heard like a cool month ago now yeah thanks but to
1: everybody for coming out to our live show a cool month ago
2: we'll never do one again no it was very fun it was um a huge success lots and lots of people showed up we We felt a ton of merch good about ourselves and we felt really good about ourselves afterwards Mm -hmm. um but we'll never do one again because it was too hard to plan too
1: stressful and scary yep um maybe we'll do one again we'll probably do one again uh, Tanner, we have a, a, a lot to get to today, um, so I want to start off with epithets. Every week, Anne puts a epithet for herself in these books, and this week she put the final epithet in. I guess we'll read it all out at the end, because that'll be our last chance to say them. All of them. All of them. Uh, did you find one? Because I, f- I think I found one.
2: I found one that's not quite an epithet, but I think it is something Anne wants us to attach to her titles. Do you want to say it? I think that Anne probably wants us to recognize her leadership and commitment to Mm -hmm. the Stony Brook Liberation Front. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Alan gets Alan Gray, they're going to Europe. Alan Gray gets stopped by airport security Uh for pranking people because he was pretending to be a shady suspect. It's so good. I figured the experience would quiet him down, but no, he was proud of himself. He said they had tortured him, tied him to a chair, shone flashlights in his eyes, and asked him about his connections to the Stony Brook Liberation <laughs> Front. <laughs> I love Alex so Gray this week. Maybe the title there, the epithet is like leader of the Stony Liberation Front. Viva la viva la the libre. Yeah, okay, that it means nothing what you said. What is it? What, how do you say f- long live freedom?
1: La liberacion,
2: la liberacion, viva yeah. la, 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 la liberacion. That's let's not have you try to do that.
1: Oh, Alan Gray, I thought I was, was getting anxious that we were gonna have to come up with a court themed Mr. Gray will see you now segment. I don't know if they go to court in any of the books. I think maybe he's a lawyer, right? Oh, yeah, so it's probably pretty easy. Maybe Mr. Gray will see you now as already.
2: Baby Nation, and I know you can't answer me right now. Is Christian Gray a lawyer? Probably, right? Probably. Yeah. He's rich.
1: Um, We only hear about the naughty room. The naughty room. We never hear about his legal practice. (gasps) No, okay. I wish you wouldn't. Remember how I said we have a lot to get
2: to? This feels tangential, doesn't it? It's important. Okay. Christian Trevelyan Gray Mm. Mm. is the male protagonist of the trilogy Fifty Shades of Gray. To the outside world, he appears to be a handsome and attractive young man in a business world. However, he has a hidden life. Sounds like Goliath Hardbody. Oh. Yeah, it sounds like he's just a generic businessman. Warring. Okay, well, anyway, Mr. Gray
1: will see you now. And the, what he did was he pretended to be a member of the Stony Brook Liberation Front and got himself stopped by airport security, and it was fucking dope.
2: Yeah, it was cool. Mr. Gray will see you now.
1: Um, here's what I have, Tanner, and I'm going to need you to hear me out on this. Abby steps on the wingtip shoes of the prince. I didn't see the man to my left until I was on top of him. Literally, I stepped right on his wingtip shoes. Oh, sorry, I cried out. I looked up. Glaring down at me was him, the prince, the one who'd been escorting the queen. My mouth fell open. Click, went the court photographer's camera. Quite all right, said the prince. And just like that, he was off leaving me in total shock. I, Abby Stevenson, had stepped on Royal Toes.
2: Oh. Now, I have a pitch for you. Yeah. What if Royal Toes is Pete's epithet? See, I was wondering
1: about that. Don't you think? You know what it is. It's it's related. She's trying to one-up him. She got sick of Pete Laranges and the Larangius moments. She puts the acknowledgement up front. So that we won't be able to have a moment where we figure out that only Sweet Pete could have written the book because she puts it up front in the last two books. And now she's saying not only does she have great ear-perfect hands, but she's got royal toes, which is better than
2: Sweet Pete's sweet, sweet feet. She's listening to these episodes, and she's thinking to herself, the boys never talk about my feet. Right. They go on and on about Pete's feet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They never talk about, well, my toes are royal because I'm the princess. I think that's it. That must be it. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Anna and Martin with perfect hands. Great ear. Great ear and perfect hands. And royal toes. Royal toes. Yeah. Matron mm-hmm. of the Stony Brook Liberation. <laughs> there we go. We got there. Viva la, la Revolución.
1: Okay. Tanner, would you like to describe this novel? Oh, okay.
2: <clears throat> you just want to dive in, huh? Yeah. Wow. You know, I think, you'd think after this many episodes, I would, I would have a sense of the cadence, but mm-hmm. no, no, still caught me off guard. Yeah. You just want me to do it now?
1: Yeah, we've just got so much to get to. It's such a good book. There's so much interesting stuff in this
2: novel. I loved it. Okay, I guess I, I won't waste any time then. Yep. I'll do it. I'm going to start now. Okay. Christy Thomas and Michel Dumoulin belong together. And you know that I'm right. Why does Michel play with Christy's heart? And why does she play with his mind? The BSC said they'd be forever. We thought it'd never die. But how could they love it and leave it for Europe and never say goodbye? When Janine can't sleep at night without holding Jerry tight, Jack, each time she tries, she just breaks down and she cries. And Jaquie is a pain in the head. Brewdog, he'd rather be dead. And Jesse Ramsey is spinning around and around. Although we've come to the end, Jack, of the Super Specials, I can't let go. It's unnatural because the BSC belongs to me and I belong to the BSC. Jack, I'm here for you All those times at night when you recorded with me Even when you ran around with that other Patreon podcast Jack, I knew about it I just didn't care You just don't understand how much I love the BSC, do you? And I'm here for you, Baby Nation I'm not about to go out and cheat on you Just like you did, Baby Nation With that other Patreon podcast That's alright I love you and I kiss you anyway. And I'm going to be here for you until my dying day. Right now, I'm just in so much pain, Baby Nation. Because you just won't come back to me. Because we're out of super specials. Just come back to me. Yes, Baby Nation. My bookshelf is empty. My heart hurts, Baby Nation. <laughs> yes, I feel pain too, Baby Nation. Please. This time instead, all
0: the books are read, baby nation, don't let me go. Although we've come to the end of the road, still I can't let go, it's unnatural,
2: you belong to me, I belong to you. Babysitter's Club, super special, number 15, Babysitter's European Vacation.
1: They're really taking a um, pretty loose interpretation of uh, what it means to describe these novels.
2: I thought it was a pretty good job. I liked it. It brought tears to my eyes. I hate a lot of the details. Janine and, and Jerry are kind of a thing. Christy yeah. Thomas and Michelle Dumoulin are kind of a thing. Beautiful. Jessie dances. She spins around and around. Yeah. Pretty good. Gorgeous. And it is the end of the road. For us. Yep. We finally get to fulfill our dream. Mm -hmm. Wandering into a field, lying down. Letting the birds take our bodies. And souls into heaven. Um, It's called an air burial. mm -hmm. Baby Nation. And I think it is celebrated in Tibet, maybe? Maybe the steps.
1: We're going to find out. Please don't Google it. Why don't I describe what happens in this novel?
2: Okay. Mongolia. I was right. The Central Asian steppes. Great. Ancient practice of sky burial. Awesome. Go ahead.
1: I like that you were like,
2: celebrated in Tibet. Mongolia. I was right. I said Mongolia. <laughs> I said the step. I said, I think it's celebrating the Tibet or maybe the steppes. <laughs> and then I Googled it, and sure enough, it's celebrated in the steps. Well, great. I'm g- glad that you're right about
1: the fact that you brought up unsolicited. Yeah, me too. Congratulations. It would
2: embarrassing if I was wrong. But I, I liked your song. Right.
1: I'm sad that we've come to the end of the road. I would like to describe this novel. I would like for you to put 90 seconds on a big bad clock.
2: Oh, jeez. Okay. Let me just quickly Google 90 second timer. In five, four, three, two. Go. Go. Okay. Uh the Stony Brook Middle School is going
1: to Europe. Big trip to Europe. Uh, Mr. <laughs> I was gonna call him Mr. Doucheberry, but his name is uh what's his name? Dimery. <laughs> Mr. Don't know. It's, they call him Mr. D the whole time. Mr. D. And uh Stacy's mom are taking the Stacey's Babysitters mom Club has Ex- got it going okay, on. Okay, if you sing I get extra time. Um Stacy's mom and Mr. D's D- got it okay.
2: going on. Stop stop the clock. Delworthy, Delworthy, Stop the clock. You are interacting with me too much. You want me to hit stop? I hit stop. Okay, you're at 50 seconds. No, let's
1: start again at zero. You don't get to
2: start again? You don't
1: get to sing while I'm talking. Don't
2: say Stacy's mom then, because it's the name of a song, idiot. (laughs) That's not a thing. You just have
1: to restrain yourself. Give me time again. You're two. One
2: minute and 30 seconds. You're You're too chatty.
1: In five, four, three, two. Okay. The BSC is going to Europe with Stony Brook Middle School. Mr. D and the mother of Stacy are the chaperones. Um, and Marianne, Dawn, and Claudia are staying back because they signed up for some dumb camp. Boring, stupid. Mallory is meeting with her cousin who is a famous – is about to be a famous writer. She has a book deal. turns out Mallory is related to William Shakespeare who visits her in her dreams and helps her write stories. Uh, Stacy loses her luggage and accidentally switches it with this man's luggage and opens it and there are some ashes. And it turns out it's the ashes of this man's World War II buddy who is going to – Spray on the beaches of Normandy. Uh, right. Stacy goes and helps him with that. Um, Jesse goes and watches her old dance troupe, but everybody gets injured. All the understudies get injured, and Jesse has to dance, um, and it's a huge smashing success. Abby meets the queen. Christy uh, meets uh, this guy called Michel, who's very handsome and annoying, and they have this uh, like fighty, flirty relationship, and they end up kissing and smooching and making love. Um, Brewdoggy is... Uh, annoying Stacy, but Jackie Grant is annoying BrewDoggy, um, and they kind of deal with that love triangle. Susan Felder is in this, uh, it, back at home. She meets up with Dawn, uh, and Claudia realizes that Janina is a counselor, and they have to work out their issues together. Marianne Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. is nothing. Stop, stop,
2: stop, stop, stop. Nothing happens to Marianne. Stop, stop, usual. stop. You ran out of time. That's what I'm telling you. Marianne is <sighs> nothing. Maria did nothing. She was nothing. The B plot in this whole book was pretty fucking weak.
1: The main B plot is that Claudia is a counselor at the camp. And then Janine is like a head counselor and they have to like work out some serious fucking issues. It turns out that the issues are mainly to do with Jerry
2: is still too horny for Jerry and it's getting in the way of her professional career. Yeah. And Jerry's a real dick to Janine. He's a real
1: Barry. Um, Oh, yeah, sorry, technical term.
2: And also, like, we just, I feel like being at the end of these super special books, like, the tail end of BSC is still pretty fresh in my mind. And I remember when half the group had to go to Europe and half had to stay back to do this day camp. that sounds vaguely familiar. So it's just like, I don't care about the day camp why did you stay
1: back for the day
2: camp why why would they like half of them did like the good half it was like dawn and claudia and marianne all stayed back yeah well marianne's nothing and it's like why you know who should have stayed back abby and stacy and mallory and then everyone else could have gone to Europe. mallory has a weird plot the stacy Brewdoggy plot could have been marianne logan the stacy ashes plot is the central plot of this novel she finds the ashes of an old World War 2 man. Yeah, and she's a real dingleberry about it. She's good about it. She, she she becomes good about it, but at first she's just like, "Ew. I don't want to touch these old guys' like ashes." Your honor. Oh god. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm going to call a brief recess. Um, yeah. everyone just take 5, we'll be back soon. Uh pro- can uh juror? No. District Attorney. District Attorney Um District
1: Attorney Um I I See a Darkness by Bonnie
2: Prince Billy. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, district attorney I see a darkness by Bonnie Prince Billy. Um can I approach the bench, Your Honor? P- uh please. L- what could I call you? Um My name is the right and honorable judge, um, Jack, yeah, Jack. yeah, what's that
0: one? Really sad, frightened rabbit song,
2: the
1: floating in the fourth. That's no. pretty sad. It's, uh, it's from the
2: Grays one, Modern Leper. Modern Leper, <laughs> okay. <laughs> My name is Judge, the right and honorable Judge, Modern Leper by Frightened Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm
1: very sad, as you know, this isn't, I don't care about this, um, case of the the strangler. Okay. That we're litigating here.
2: Right. I, I think he did it, but that's not what matters to me. Well, okay, you're the district attorney. (laughs) Yeah. I think you're legally representing him. (laughs) So was that a guilty plea? (laughs) Because if so,
1: we're done here. (laughs) Well, I know I wanted to approach the bench because I've become overcome by emotion because I was just okay. remembering a scene in Babysitter's Club Super Special number 15. As you know, in court, when one approaches the bench, it's because one is sad and it needs some time. And yes. I was hoping I could work through my sadness with you.
2: Yes, please. It's about this guy, this old World War II man. Okay. This already sounds pretty rough. Are you sure you want to do this? Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be He's intense. an old World War II man? Well, and his best friend died.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> um, so this girl, Stacy McGill, um, has the best friend's ashes because of a luggage mix-up. Okay. But she got the ashes back to him. And then he was like, okay, thanks for that. Um, Now I'm going to go to Normandy. And she's like, could I come with? <laughs> okay. But, okay, so I want to read you two passages. First passages before they go to the beach. It goes like this. Mr. Anderson, I said.
2: Mr. Anderson.
1: Oh, God. That's That's hard for me to resist. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. I hate your words. (laughs) world
2: <laughs> You're good at it. I know, <laughs> Mr. Anderson. It's hard for me I not to do it. Hate I hate your world. Hate your
1: world. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with
0: you. I hate this place. This Zoo, this prison, this reality, whatever you want to call it, I can't stand it any longer. It's the smell. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) Mr. Anderson. No, this is sad. Sad music is probably playing. Yeah. Mr. Anderson, I said. I hate. I hate. Well, should we just put it? If we put it in, then I can yeah. go forward. So okay. it's this isn't in the text, but we have to put it in. It's from the so Matrix. Put this. It's from the Matrix, and we'll put it in, and then I'm just going to keep going, and we'll keep the sad music going this time. Okay, Mister Anderson, I said I hate your <laughs> world. Do you have pictures of you and your friend from the war? Mr. Anderson reached into his jacket pocket and pulled out a black and white photo worn and yellowed at the edges. The world as you know it is not real. We
2: tried to make it so that everyone was happy, but you reject it. Jack, it's a sad moment that you're undercutting. With I know. Okay. Sorry. Really good <laughs> Agent Smith impersonation.
1: <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Mr. Anderson reached into his jacket pocket and pulled out a black-and-white photo worn and yellowed at the edges. It was a faded image of two men, one blonde with a wide grin, the other dark-haired and movie-star handsome. The blonde guy was holding hands with a young woman who looked elated. "'The good-looking guy is Dennis,' Mr. Anderson said with a sad smile. "'But I'm the one with the beautiful young woman. "'We were married for 53 years before she passed away. "'She's lovely.' mom said. This picture was taken at the liberation of Paris, 80 days after Normandy, Mr. Anderson went on. You know, a lot of the city looks just the same now as it did then. In all these years, you haven't come back, I asked. Dennis and I always said we'd make it back to the beach someday, Mr. Anderson said, putting the photo away. I guess we're finally doing it. I never thought it would be like this, though. Mr. Anderson moved ahead of us, always looking out to sea. Stacy! My mom touched my arm. We both stopped walking. Mr. Anderson was headed for a section of the beach diagonally to our right. I don't know if he had recognized the place where he and Dennis had landed, or if it was just a quiet, fairly private spot. Whatever the reason, he stood there a long time without moving. Then he carefully took off his shoes and socks, rolled up his pants, and walked into the water. He must have walked a hundred yards, but when he stopped, the water was only up to his knees. At that distance, I couldn't see what he was doing, but when he trudged back, the canister of ashes was open and empty. Goodbye, goodbye, uh, goodbye
2: Mr. D-Petropolis. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye, mister Diatropolis. Dennis. Dennis. Goodbye. Goodbye. We've come to the end of the road. That was sad. That made me sad. Jack, yes, promise me this right now. Yeah. When I die, mm-hmm. well, first let's make a pact. Okay. You and I will get back to... getting a little choked up just think about it Uh, you and i let's make a pact you and i will get back to scholastics headquarters in soho new york okay eventually Mm -hmm. and if we don't before one of us dies i promise you now jack Mm -hmm. that i will take your ashes and i will spread them at scholastic headquarters on the corner of broadway and prince prince yeah It's not really on the corner. It's kind of midway down the block, but yeah. That's going to be
1: very disruptive. It's a hugely populated and built-up area.
2: just spraying someone's ashes? I know, but this is your last wish. This is your dying wish, so why would I not do it? You'll almost certainly be arrested. Whatever it takes, man. And then I ask that you respect my dying wishes and and not contact my family. (laughs) (laughs) Okay and let them do what they will with my body. But (laughs) I will spread your ashes at Scholastic headquarters in Soho, New York, just like you wanted.
1: Sarah's going to be very upset.
2: Um, Your Honor? Mm. Mm. Yes. I am um, district attorney. If if you walk away, I'll walk away by bright eyes. Okay. And I also had a tearful moment this week. Mm Mm-hmm. But it was tears of joy.
1: Tears of joy. Okay, is that
2: allowed? Yeah, I'd love to hear it. May I approach the bench and talk about my my passage? Um, absolutely. And uh, sorry, I didn't. Uh, you know, I'm district attorney. If you walk away, I'll walk away by bright eyes. And remind me what your name is, Your Honor.
1: You you need to ask the judge in his own court what his name is.
2: I I was late coming in. Um. I was um, cleaning my tie Okay, in pickle brine. I spilled soy sauce on it, and apparently it's pickle brine that takes soy sauce out. And I thought, oh, uh, cleaning this tie will take the exact amount of time that it takes one to look up a specific song on the internet uh, (laughs) so that they can remember the name of a sad song. So I thought, oh, let me pull out my tie and, like, get the pickle brine out (laughs) and get the the stain out. Um, And it worked.
1: We don't need to stand on ceremony here. You can just call me uh, Judge I Can't
2: Be With You by the Cranberries. (laughs) Okay, Judge uh, I Can't Be With You by the Cranberries. Um, Jesse Ramsey Mm -hmm. in this book goes to London. London. Mm Mm-hmm. And she sees her theater company and her friend um, Tanisha. Perform. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out that one of the members of the theater company gets hurt, and then uh, her understudy is ill with food poisoning, which seems a little too convenient, <laughs> mm-hmm. to be honest.
1: Yeah, yeah. Everybody gets sick. Jesse started off this trip being incredibly jealous that. She had made the wrong decision by deferring for a year to join Mr. Brailford's famous dance company. And then it almost ruins the trip for her when Tanisha calls her up and says, oh, I can't believe you're going to Europe, too. We're going to be at the Barbican performing for London's Elite. And then Jesse is like, this trip is almost ruined for me because it makes me wish that I had been in the performance. And then everybody
2: dies. Yeah. In the ballet trip, one by one? Jesse's at the barbican, like, visiting her friends, and then all of a sudden, someone's ankle's broken. Oh, oops. And it's, like, weird. Huh. That's weird. Oh. Well, where's her understudy? Oh, she got poisoned? She's poisoned. Yeah. Anyway, Mr.
1: Brailford is like, Jesse, I believe in you. You can do this, because I know you know this
2: dance. I kept going. Position to position, beat to beat and when i finally stopped my heart felt as if it had been ripped wide open i was gasping it was over not perfect but i'd done it the dancers were scurrying into a little line behind me curtain call whispered tanisha grabbing my hand just copy me we waited upstage until the principals had bowed then tanisha ran forward at the rest of the corps. I joined them. We all stopped and curtsied. Yeah!
0: Wow! Wow!
2: Even above the applause, I could hear Christy. I squinted. I couldn't see her or my other friends, but I could feel them. As the curtain came down, we had to run downstairs to make way for the next number. Tanisha and I burst into the green room. Shrieking. The rest of the company, the ones who weren't in the next number, crowded around me, hugging me, congratulating me. And Mr. Brailsford was there, too. Was I okay? I asked. He lifted me up. Jessica. (laughs) Oh, I am proud of you. He's British? Yeah, I think so. Okay. He's from Brooklyn. Okay. Jessica. Forget about it. Aw, oh, ye are proud of you. I'm not good at accidents. No. He spun me around. The other dancers gathered in a circle and applauded. I was crying. And your honor? Yes, yes. district so, attorney. So was
1: I. So was I. Jessica Ramsey poisoned those girls. Yes. Broke their ankles. Yes. And still had it within her to do a perfect entrechat, then a chasse left, and then a chasse right, and wow the crowd with her talent. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just remembering that there's a mean man teaches drum lessons to a boy moment in this novel. Is there? Yeah, do you know the movie Mean Man teaches drum lessons to a boy?
2: Yes, I'm familiar. I
1: think it won an Oscar. May have. It's about this mean man who teaches drum lessons. Teaches a to boy a drum. Yeah. Listen to this. The steps were coming back to me. Body memory, Mister Brailsford called it. Even if your brain shorts out, your body remembers what it's supposed to do. That's it, Jessica. Mister Brailsford said. But on the beat,
2: <laughs> on the beat, <laughs> on my beat. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, That's where it comes from? So you think this is? Right. <laughs> I pee freely. You think J.K. Simmons, just kidding, Simmons took that from <laughs> Ann and Pete. Yeah, on the beat. On the on beat. On my beat. I'm hot. I'm horny. I'm ready for segments. It's a segment heavy episode because yeah. there's a lot of notes, a lot of segments. Jack, this yeah. week, speaking of being hot and horny, mm-hmm. did you manage to catch the updated rules to <gasps> everyone's favorite. Form of courtship. Mm-hmm. Da <laughs> Super
1: Babies every week in these super specials. Anne devotes a little bit of extra time to her favorite topic and the reason that she wrote these super specials, which we know because she dedicated the first one to the art of Da bonky, To teaching us a little bit more about how to do Da bonky. Yep. And I'm interested to hear what you found in this novel. Uh, A
2: is something that if you're old enough- It's a dance.
1: It's a dance.
2: It's an art. It's a dance. dance. It's a delicate dance. It's a beautiful dance. And Anne has laid out some rules for us. Should we walk through them? Um, Yeah. So you approach someone and you say, I like a debunky. Or announce it in some way. You could wear a t-shirt. You can wear a Daft Punk helmet that says, I like it, a punky" on it. Semaphore. If the person responds kindly, you advance to the next step. Yep. If they respond negatively, you bow politely mm-hmm. and deeply, and you back away.
1: You say, sorry for wasting your time. Yep. If they respond positively, you tilt their head back Yep. by the chin. Yep. And playing a big smacker on the old solar plexus, which is somewhere between the... Neck and navel. Neck and the navel. Yep. Then you go completely flaccid. Then there's a whole bunch of other steps that we have yet to really illuminate. There's a steering wheel, a baseball cap. Yep. Uh,
2: Discarded bikini. That sounds right. And then when you're done, you review. You say, mm-hmm. I like it a bonky. Mm-hmm. And you
1: go your separate way. Yeah. And then you. it doesn't hurt. This is just me. It doesn't hurt then to say sorry for wasting your time. Right. I'd like
2: to, just in case. I say that after I'm finished with most um, transactions with essentially anyone I've ever dealt with. It's a good tip for business and pleasure. Chapter two, Abby lays out these rules for meeting the queen. She calls it checklist for meeting the queen. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't help but notice how good it is as a checklist for debunky as well. This is the final
1: piece of the puzzle. Anne is laid out. She wrote these books so that she might teach the world to sing. Do debunkie, yes. And we know almost all of it
2: except this final missing piece. Six steps. Six steps. Let's hear checklist it. Checklist for meeting the queen slash doing debunky. Mm-hmm. Step one, avoid scaring her, colon, brush hair. Can I ask a question about that? Yep.
1: Wouldn't it scare her to brush her hair? if, Like if you just brush someone's hair unexpectedly, that would
2: scare them. How do you brush someone's hair without scaring them? That's the trick. And like I'm not going to hold your hand through this process. You need yeah. to kind of find your own way and go on your own journey a little bit. But yeah. you do need to brush her hair. Yeah, without scaring her. Without scaring her. Or him or they, depending on whomever you're doing debonkey with.
1: Maybe a particularly non-threatening hairbrush.
2: What's the least threatening thing you can think of? Um, I'm going to say Rice Krispie Treat. Okay. Okay. Rule number two, step two for meeting the queen slash debonkey. Check between teeth for unsightly bits of lunch. That's actually a good piece of advice. How are you going to get them to open their mouth to check between their teeth? I guess you could just scope it out real
1: quick when they're going in for like a smooch or something right so let's review you brush their hair yeah with whatever hairbrush rice krispie treat whatever you have to hand that's
2: non-threatening ninja turtle figurine I guess mm-hmm. that's pretty
1: threatening that's very threatening
2: something but something that would brush good too um, something with kind of like fingers fingers
1: fingers okay alright so you run your fingers through their hair yeah oh and you know what's good while you're doing that if you can get a little traction you could pull their head up in a way that opens their mouth so you can get a look at those and whites
2: and yeah, tips their head back. Yeah, oh, for the solar plexus ready. kiss.
1: Okay, I'm loving it. Great. So you check their teeth for um, for bits, and pieces. bits of lunch.
2: Mm-hmm. Step three de gooperize nose in advance. Okay, that's gonna and be I'm, tough. So I'm a new, I'm an expecting father. Yeah. I'm, I can tell you about this. And one thing I've been told about is this little contraption that you stick in your baby's nose and you suck. It's called a nose Frida. You suck goobers out of your baby's nose. For non-parents, um,
1: sorry to be graphic, but the way this works is it's like this, it's basically just this little fucking tube, like test tube with a hole in it that you stick in someone's nose and then it has like a tube, like a plastic tube piece of tubing coming out of it that you put in your mouth and you suck the snot out of their nose because babies are dumb and they don't know how to blow their nose. But it sounds like you need to use this in a courtship ritual as well. So you
2: brush their hair, check their teeth, degubarize. Step four, shake hands gently to avoid breaking elderly fingers. (laughs) Okay. Pretty straightforward. (laughs) Step five, do not kiss her on the lips. Oh, Okay, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> That's like um,
1: Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman. Yeah.
0: What do you want? What do you do? Everything. But I don't kiss on the mouth. Neither do I.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, because you kiss them on the solar plexus. Because you're kissing them on the solar plexus. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's implied. Mm-hmm. And who knows where their mouth has been. Yeah. Step six, ask about Elvis only... If the opportunity presents itself, that
1: is just good advice,
2: right? You will want to ask about Elvis, yeah. Obviously, that's the first thing on your mind, mm-hmm. but only do it if the opportunity presents itself, right? And that's that's it. That's Abby's guide to meeting the Queen slash Dabanki. <laughs> And that's how you do it, ladies and gentlemen. That's how you do it. That's how you do the bonky. That's all 15 episodes. That's the complete guide to the bonky. Someone update the wiki. (laughs) Uh, Let's take a break. Okay. All right. You say goodbye.
1: Oh, okay. He already had pause. Tanner, have you read this passage in the novel? It is a moment when Dawn meets Susan Felder. Can I actually interrupt you real quick?
2: Yeah. I just had a quick question.
0: Okay. How do I say goodbye to what Pete had? The good times that made us laugh. Outweigh the bad I thought that Pete Would see friends forever But forever's gone away It's so hard To say goodbye Goodbye. To the (coughs) BSEA So the so the question I don't know <laughs> okay. where this road is going to lead All I know is where Pete's feet have been and what they've been through <laughs> If we get to see tomorrow I hope it's worth all the burns It's so hard to say goodbye To the BSC Okay, Okay. you sure? And okay. I'll take me my sweet feet To be my sunshine after the rain. It's so hard to say goodbye to the BS, And I'll take okay. Okay. with me my sweet feet to be my sunshine after the rain, oh yeah. It's so hard to say goodbye to the BSC.
1: Please tell me you're finished.
2: That's the full song, so yes, I'm finished. So, just a recap. Yeah.
1: You're asking me a question.
2: Yeah, and it's how do I say goodbye to what Pete had?
1: And the question is, how do you say goodbye to what Pete had? Yep. Is that submitted by anyone I know?
2: That was that song was submitted by Baby B. Tanner Green Ring. Yep,
1: I thought so. Yep. Uh for our hit segment, Larangus Moment, the moment when we knew that this book could only have been written by the great sweet Peter larynges and his sweet sweet feet even though Anne tries to ruin it for us now by putting his name up front instead of in the back you can't take this away from us Anne. this is the last time we will ever do this so hard to say goodbye maybe maybe
2: tanner what was your larynges moment this week hi i said extending my hand christy thomas he took his shoe back before shaking my hand Michel M- du Mouli. Moula. 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 Michel du moulon Moula. 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 Michel du Moulin. Just say la. Michel! <laughs> okay. I asked. He gave me a curious look. You sound surprised. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just... It sounds like a girl's name. I mean, in my country, like my sister's name, Emily Michelle. I have such a big mouth. I should have learned to shut it sometimes. Michelle did not look pleased with me. Uh, Yes, well, Christopher, is this yours? (laughs) He held up the shoe he was holding, an enormous Doc Martin size 13. Whoa, that was low. (laughs) <laughs> Very low. <laughs> good. It was a good burn, A Yeah. And it was just some masterful wordsmithing. You could just see the pulp nymph dancing across the page. It was just like, oh oh here I am. There's some confusion about gender names here. Yeah. And this boy is going to insult Christy by insisting she has a giant shoe. Uh, can I tell you my lorangeist moment? Peace. It's also
1: a character Bible moment. And it's about Mr. Doherty. So Mr. Doherty is like, he's just way too excited to be in England. And he like does
2: like English accents for everything. He like goes to like Virginia Woolf's house and like creams his shorts.
1: Yeah. Yes. Um, And so this is the moment where they arrive at their hotel, which is called the Cardington. The Cardington was as modern and comfy as a Holiday Inn. Just inside, we were met by a balding man in a tweed jacket, smoking a pipe. The return of the colonists, Mr. Doherty announced, shaking the man's hand. From New England to old, I'm Doherty from the Stony Brook Middle School. Phelps, replied the man, from uh, the Cotswolds. Then, without another word, he walked out the front door. Mr. Doherty looked bewildered. He's a guest, Mom whispered. We were cracking up. Poor Mr. Doherty was bright red. Mom quickly found the desk marked reception and spoke with a clerk.
2: (laughs) I love Mr. Doherty. At first he was annoying, but then he really grew on me. He fucking kills it. Let me read the moment that I decided Mr. Doherty was my dude. Okay. They're all getting ready to go to Avonlea on Brookshire or wherever Shakespeare was born. Did I get that right? No, Stratford on Avon. Okay, our group was waiting for (laughs) us in the lobby. Close. Why would you think you got that right? Six more students, half from SMS and half from Berger, which is the Toronto school. Friends, Canadians, countrymen. (laughs) Mister D announced, "We're all here, so tally ho." I was just like, okay, this guy's cool. Dinner. Um, oh, what's what? I'm oh, I'm parched. Were Too you, many to count, Jack. Were you this week immersed in thirst? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Too often to even keep track. Yep. Yeah. Um, as was everyone I, was making me horny this week.
1: Everybody was doing it for old Uncle Jacko this week um especially
2: and primarily Michelle Michel. I'll let you handle Michelle yeah. cuz there was a lot of very good Michelle moments. Yeah. I want to go back to a fucking classic. Yeah. If I can. Please. This um what's the lady version of Oedipus? Electra? Electra like dream. Mm. That Mallory has. Oh yeah at the beginning of chapter 13. I'm interested in talking about this. I've got some fucking thoughts about this. So let's talk about this. Oh, Mallory's related to William Shakespeare.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mentioned it in my recap.
2: My fingers won't move. My heroine, Mm Mariel, is stuck in her story and I can't do anything about it. I hear the footsteps outside my room. I jump into my bed. My foot catches the chair and the chair falls into the floor with a thud. Mallory? <laughs> a familiar voice calls out. Do you know what time it is? Sorry, I reply from under my blanket. A silhouette in nightcap and nightclothes picks up the pages of my story. As a light flickers on, I see that my room has been transformed. My desk lamp has become a candle. My quill pen rests in an inkwell where my electric pencil sharpener used to be. John Pike Hmm. is wearing a nightcap and a thick flannel robe. In the candlelight, with his back to me, he begins to read. It's good work, my dear. (laughs) He finally says, his voice soft and gentle. Very good. He lifts the candle, still holding my story. He walks towards me and sits at the edge of my bed. Perhaps we can discuss ways to develop the plot. In the flickering amber light, I see his face, his high forehead, and his pencil-thin beard. Oh, now it's happening. (laughs) There it goes. (laughs) My dad has become William Shakespeare. Wow. What a complex... Mm-hmm. Fantasy. Yeah. And I'm going to offer a disclaimer. I don't think Mallory Pike is having a sexual fantasy about her dad. That would be off putting and gross. Mm-hmm. But if I am putting myself in Mallory's place and I'm picturing John Pike coming in with his pencil thin beard, his quill outstretched, and complimenting a story of mine by candlelight sitting at the edge of my bed. Yeah. Hashtag swoon rock me to fucking sleep. Yeah. On Hashtag that one. Daddy Shakespeare. <laughs> um
1: okay, well Tater, this is a good moment for me to shoehorn in my <gasps> <gasps> Every week in these books and puts Monster
2: and in- the Beast.
1: A monster and a beast. This week the monster was Zombie Shakespeare. Okay, and it's John Pike. Yeah. And he yeah. comes to Mallory's dream and it's Zombie Shakespeare. And it's
2: okay. very scary, but also maybe a little bit sexy. A little bit sexy. Oftentimes your monster and the beasts are a little bit sexy. Yeah. Um the beast, of course, was Sister Godzilla. Sister Godzilla's a good one. I thought it, maybe it was Jaquay. Jackie Grant? The Jaquio? Jaquay Jekwe giggled, I am such a pig.
1: No, I think it's Sister Godzilla. Of course I can't go, Claudia muttered. Janine needs someone to torture. Claudia was angrily slamming down her art supplies on a table. It's not your fault that I'm stuck here with Sister Godzilla. Sister Godzilla. No,
2: that does sound right. I actually had a different monster, too. Yeah. We each took one beautiful fluted glass, and Mrs. Brewer announced, I want to propose a toast. Here's to a safe educational trip. A fun trip, Christy called out. To adventure, Mallory piped up. To shopping, Stacy said. Typical. To Marianne, Claudia, and Dawn, Jesse said. To a break from babysitting, I added. Yes! I don't know who yelled that, but we all drank to it. Oh, uh, that's scary. right. Yeah, that's scary. A disembodied voice just yelled Yeah.
1: So we war- we technically warned you, super babies. So you can't sue us. That right. by saying this is a fearful moment, it implies and is legally binding that right. you might get very scared and you should have been
2: you should have prepared to be scared. Let's take a quick break right now and yeah. just put this at the top of the episode, insert it at the top before the theme song. Yep. Yeah. This is a disclaimer. If if you're listening to this episode, you should be prepared to be scared. If you hear a segment called Fearful Moment, you are going to be scared and it's not our fault and you can't hold us liable and you can't sue us.
1: Prepare to be scared.
2: Prepare to be scared. And we'll just like speed that up and cut out all the pauses so it's yep. like very quick at the very Good. top of the episode. I love it.
1: Um, anyway, prepare to be scared. Um, have be Have prepared to have been scared. Um, I want to read a little bit more, before I talk to you about Michelle, I want to read you a little bit more of this story about Marielle
2: that Mallory writes. Because it's oh yeah, this is kind of Mallory's plot. Very
1: interesting, and it confirms a number of things that we have talked about in the context of these novels. She writes a story about this person called Marielle, and she... Creates the concept of Stony Field instead of Stony Brook, but it's yep. quite clear to me what that is.
2: Hmm. I'm just going to hmm.
1: read you the whole Marielle That's story.
2: Good... Big day. I don't think I picked up on it.
1: Well, Stony Field is supposed to be Stony Brook. She calls it Stony Field, but it's clearly Stony Brook.
2: Huh? Yeah. I think. Th- uh. Meh.
1: You don't see you I
0: don't think see it's it.
2: interp- open to interpretation. I feel I like if she said. wanted it to be Stony Brook, she would just call it Stony Brook, but she calls it Stony Field.
1: She's taking poetic license. She's changing the name slightly. Trust me. Mm. Trust me on this. I'm a fucking lit major.
2: Why wouldn't she just call it Rocky Brook?
1: Stony Field. Trust me. Just fucking trust me on this. Okay. Big day. Visiting a lot of sites. I'm really making progress on my new story. And then here it is. Marielle tossed and turned. Something was off. Could it have been the milk she had drunk the night before? It had tasted a bit sour, but that wouldn't explain the strange, coarse feel of the sheets and the vague odor of old wood and candle wax. But it was the loud, rhythmic clop, clop, clop outside her window that finally made her eyes spring open. So that's the first chapter of Marielle's story that we hear in these novels. A clip-clopping outside her window.
2: That's a dream horse, by the way.
1: It's a dream horse. It's clearly a dream horse. And then when Mallory returns to finish her story, we get the following passage. The sunlight blinded her. Through squinted eyes, she made out the shape of gauzy, waving fabric white fabric, not at all like the curtains over her bed. She sat up and looked out the window, and what she saw nearly made her heart stop. No driveway, no maple trees, no familiar sight of the Timmermans' house across the street. In fact, there was no paved street at all. I have a feeling I'm not in Stonyfield anymore, Marielle said to herself. In this final book of the Super Specials, Anna's confirmed to us that it is indeed a dream horse that will take you in and out of. I wish she'd said Stony Brook, because Stony Field, it's not clear. Yeah, because it might be somewhere else. Because if if we went to all the trouble of getting a fucking goddamn fucking dream horse, and we ended up in Stony Field, and didn't meet any of our friends, it would be a huge waste of time.
2: Well, it sounds like Mallory's there, at least.
1: Yeah, well, Mal will be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was immersed in thirst this week, Tanner. It was Michel Dumoulin. He, uh, he, oh, yeah, he's very handsome. He's wearing a loose fitting shirt, the kind that pirates used to wear, only black. That's a winner. Um, oh, this is beautiful. He has deep brown eyes like polished wood.
2: Mm. Mm. That does sound nice.
1: Chrissy and Michelle have agreed that they're fighting so much. What if they pretend and play characters who like each other? A walk by the river Seine, ma chérie. Michel held out his arm like someone in an old movie. It was goony, But hey, we were acting, right? Besides, I love rivers. That's a new thing we learned about, Christy. She loves rivers. Yeah. (laughs) See, that's what Pete does. That's just he just put that in right at the end. Yeah. Parting shot. We've barely had time to process it.
2: Anne was like, this is it, Pete. The last super special, like last of the Babysitters Club books. And he was just like scooping up all these notes and papers. He's like, Oh God, no wait, I have so much more to say. She's like, Pete, this is it. He's like, let me just say this. And he just grabs a random piece of paper. He's like, Christy likes rivers. Well, now we know. And we don't have time to explore it. I
1: love rivers. They're so peaceful. I took his arm. Si, sí. I said.
0: Oui. Oui.
1: He corrected me. Though actually you can't see, say si in French and it means oui.
0: So.
2: Last time I was in France, um, everyone was saying, wa. Wa? Yeah, which means like, yeah. I don't think so. Well, it was these were literal French people saying it, so. I think
1: you... You're miss. You either misheard
2: or mispronounced it. Or no, they were saying what? fun of you. No, they weren't, and that's not a thing. They did make fun of me a lot. <laughs> I bet they did. One time, I brought an egg sandwich back from mm-hmm. the deli on the corner, yeah, and ate it in the office, and they all came back from lunch and they were like, "Uff, uff, uff." Oh, uff. They were saying uff, uff. Okay, uff, uff. They oof. kept shouting in the office. I was like, "It's me. I ate an egg sandwich, dickheads. Like, cool it."
1: Can I ask you uh, whether the romantic music that started when I it's still going? Oh, it was was it going under the, your whole mispronouncing of uf story? Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's right. still going. Right, I'm gonna try get try to get back to the right mood because this is arm stuff. Oh, uh, warning! I don't know if we need hmm. to put this up front as well, but warning: this is about to get very, very, very sexy because there's it's arm the most pornographic. It's the armiest of stuff that you can imagine is yeah. about to happen. I took his arm. See, I said. We, oui, he corrected me. Oof. Arm in arm. We walked along the river to the Eiffel Tower.
2: That's and... penetration. <laughs> that's... The arm is in another arm. Okay. That's right. as good as arm stuff can get. All right, that's enough.
1: And soon I forgot that Michelle was Michelle and I was me. I guess we had sort of become our characters. As we rode up the crowded elevator of the tower, my character felt tired. So she rested her head against Michelle's character's shoulder. Ooh la la. Ooh la la (laughs) la. More people were smiling. In the elevator, there are people in there. That's part of the thrill. More people were smiling at us. It's France, though. So they're like, this happens all the time. More people were smiling at us. A woman actually called us a cute pair in English. Oh well, she was entitled to her opinion. As we strolled out onto the observation deck, the traffic noise seemed far away. The city stretched out below us, on either side of the Seine. I thought I detected a faint bakery scent on the warm summer breeze. That's your oofs.
2: That's my oofs. That was me. I'm just uh, like, <laughs> I'm just eating
0: an XL sandwich down here.
1: They're here, Michelle said softly. Like, is just talking about the oofs? The oofs, yeah. yeah. I looked straight down. A tour bus was pulling up to the curb. End of acting exercise, huh? I said. We have a few more minutes. Michelle put his arm around my shoulder. I let it stay there. My character didn't mind at all. His face was near mine. I mean... Really close. He seemed to have finished talking, and I knew I had nothing else to say, so I kissed him. Get it, Christy.
2: Get it. They did so much fucking arm stuff. It was... In front of the
1: fucking Eiffel Tower with the beautiful wafting smell of oofs. <laughs>
2: From Tanner eating an <laughs> ice house <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> Your Honor. Yes. For as much as it hath pleased Almighty God of his great mercy to take unto himself the soul of our dear porpoise here departed, where therefore commit this porpoise's body to the ground, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust dust. dust to dust, in sure and certain hope of the resurrection to eternal life through our Lord Porpoise who shall change our vile body and it may be like unto his glorious body according to the mighty working whereby he is able to subdue all things to Porpoise self these are the last rites for the Slavius Porpoise?
1: Let us commit his body to the ground.
2: Does anyone have any last words for the Slavius Porpoise? I I'd like to say something. Yes, you there, young girl. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm but a, a young girl from this community, and uh, though I'm not a porpoise, I, I know two things that my parents taught me and that I've seen with my own eyes.
0: First, I know what this porpoise has done for the other porpoises who live in this village
1: and that without his good works and his love and his affection they would be nothing he brought them from nothing and raised them up and he will live on in their good works that's the first thing I know the second thing I know is that no one has ever been held accountable for what happened to him and I know that a funeral isn't the right time to say this, but if not now, when? The baby nation did this. The super babies did this. Why aren't we talking about that? It was the super babies that took this porpoise.
0: I'm overwhelmed. Thank you, Your Honor, for giving me the time to say that.
1: I'm but a young girl. Does someone else want to say something?
2: Uh, y- yes, it's me again. The Old timey priest <laughs> Yeah <clears throat> Thank you mm. Young lady For your spirited Plea Hopefully someday we can bring whoever's responsible For this porpoise's death To justice But for now we can just Send him on his way Into glory Now cracks A noble heart Good night, sweet prince And flights of angels Sing thee To thy rest May, may, may I say something? Yes, young lady <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you, I'm, I'm, just la- uh, so, <clears throat> I'm just another young lady
2: I'm just another young lady
1: And I'd just like to say for the Slavius Porpoise, who was killed by the Super Babies, as we all agree. Yes. And he had so much left to give. Stop all the clocks. Cut off the telephone. Prevent the Porpoise from barking with juicy bone. Mm -hmm. silence the pianos and with muffled drum bring out the coffin let the mourners come the stars are not wanted now put out everyone pack up the moon and dismantle the sun pour away the ocean and sweep up the wood for nothing now can ever come to any good because of what the super babies did
2: beautifully said and just one last final <laughs> last rites for this Slavius Porpus mm. <laughs> as we lower him into the ground yeah it's very slow this crane that's lowering him what's the worst that i could say things are better if i stay so long
1: and good night so long and good night
0: It's beautiful.
1: <laughs> um, Did your, you have one, Your Honor? While you're here, uh, yes. Um, and I know that we're just at a funeral, and you're just I'm actually
2: not an honor. I'm
1: a sorry, the priest, Catholic priest. priest. Um, but I was I was hoping since it kind of feels like a court ish setting, and I am just a young
2: girl. There's a, a court official here, yes, because it yeah. was a. He was sentenced to death by the oh, baby right. nation Oh
1: yeah he was sentenced to death So could I ask that something of the court official mm-hmm. And again this, I'm just a young girl Right A mourner at this funeral Yes, I'd like to introduce a motion to dismiss The proceedings Sorry I'd like to introduce a <gasps> Motion
2: Motion to hey, hey,
0: hey I'm not trying to hurt you I'm trying to help you I'm trying to get you high What do you say Nah, man, I do smoke weed. I
2: smoke clowns like you on a b-ball court. Dismiss. And that's when uh, there's a diss from a miss. It's also called our burn of the week.
1: It's our burn of the week. Did you have one this week?
2: You want me to go first? Yeah. Christy's Pikachu shoe partner was by her side, Michelle something. That seemed weird. She had told me she detested him. She had said he was a Canadian Alan Gray. Already a pretty good burn. Mm-hmm. He was cuter than Alan, though. Mm-hmm. Even in my sour state, I could tell that. This is Stacy. Michelle was snickering. Uh, don't you have any manners in public? <laughs> no way, Alan said proudly. In America, we speak our minds. If that were true, you'd be silent, Gabby <laughs> said. That's good <laughs> on Alan.
0: Very good.
1: Because Alan doesn't have a mind. Dumb idiot. Um, my burden is also on Alan, and it's by Christy. The clerk handed Mom a big envelope and said, Take the lift to the third story, and heavy rain is on its way, so if you do go out, remember your max Wellies, and bumba Shoots. As we piled into the lift, which means elevator, we were politely trying not to laugh. Except Alan Gray bumper shoots he cried out sounds like some kind of weird vegetable (laughs) you have
2: relatives here said christy that's so good because alan's a weird vegetable (laughs) yeah that's fucking great i loved it yeah you know you and i have to record an entire new episode after this one huh oh yeah um let's get the fuck out of here Let's get the fuck out of here. Baby Nation, thank you for being here for our last and final episode of all time. Uh, next week, we're going to go into
1: fields and lay our bodies down, and birds will take our bodies, but they will also take our souls. It's
2: called an air burial. Um, it's a very popular form of burial on the steps. ancient Mongolian steppes. Um, this week,
1: we read a book that was called Super Special Number 15. Babysitter's European Vacation.
2: It was the last super special. There are no more books.
1: There's A nothing books. left. Everything is gone. We are staring into the dark, inky blackness of space and time spreading out before us. Next week, we're going to watch the
2: fucking movie. Okay. <laughs> We briefly discussed this, but I'm just making a fucking audible here. Okay. We're watching the movie, and we're discussing it. <laughs> Great. So watch the goddamn movie, Baby Nation. I love we're it. We're buying ourselves a week yeah. to decide what we want to do with our lives. Then we're going to lie in a field and die. The Babysitter's Club movie starring Larissa Olenek. I don't know any of the other girls' names. The most important thing is is based on intellectual
1: property by our angel, the lost grandmother, the backstage babysitter, the tender shepherd, the little night owl, the ocean princess, the screaming or laughing mirror, the space mountain known as Snow Mommy, she is the fast-finger swordman, the condor in the squall, ghost eyes and mystery mind. say, bay, die, the ship, rock, pinnacle, and the knife, Martin, frugal master, great ear, perfect hands, royal toes. Matron of the stony brook. Liberation Front. And I this week have been Jack Alexander Shepard. My name is Senator. Baby Nation, don't forget to let daddy love you as much as I do. Drown all your dolls, call your Senator, demand your right to bear time, and have fun and be careful, because I'm yours until I see
2: the salad dressing. is wearing a bra now and the way she talks, you would think that boys had just, just been, been Invented. invented. Nice. It wasn't the only long-held theory that Ann confirmed this week, Jack. Mm. The B-plot is the babysitters who stayed back in Stony Brook are caring for some children at a day camp, including Susan Susan Felder. Felder. Mm -hmm. From Christy and the Secret of Susan. Susan headed for room 200, the coach's room. We've set her up a machine there. Machine? Don said. It's made a world of difference for Susan. She can't make close human contact. A hug to her feels like being swallowed up by a swarm of bees. There it is. Bees. Bees. How many times do we have to fucking tell you this?
1: One last time. It's bees. It's bees. I feel like we get made fun of. People laugh at us because we are like, oh, the girls are bees. It's bees. Is that true? Yeah, I think so. I'm realizing that. That people
2: laugh at us. That's true. People laugh at us? Yeah. For seeing the fucking truth?
1: Yeah. That's what it feels like. I laugh at them. Yeah, I laugh back at ha,
2: you. ha, ha, ha,
1: ha, ha. Now you're the one being laughed at because it was bees and it was bees all it was along. Bees. And it was bees. Get your head out of your asses.
0: That was a headgum podcast.